Hello, friends. Welcome back to Meg Living Inside Out. This is episode 10 of our series on friendship, inventory, and budgeting. Now, about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. Luke 9, verse 28. Jesus had close friends. He had his three that were in the inner circle, Peter, John, and James, and then he had his 12 disciples, and then he had a few other layers behind that. What's important to note is that you can't have everybody as a best friend. It's just not practical. (laughs) No one has the emotional energy or even the time to have long phone conversations and deep emotional investment in 200 people. I mean, if you're some kind of superhero and that's your job, then that's different. But I know I could not be emotionally invested in 200 people and make deep two-hour-long contact with them every single week. That's just not something that I have the emotional energy for. And that's where the budgeting comes in. So the inventory part of this podcast is that it's good to have a, a top three. Um, if you're someone who you're saying, Meg, I don't have any friends right now, and I'm trying to figure that out, honey, hang on, you're going to be fine. And this will give you a framework to note on which friends to put in which slot when God gives them to you. Because as I said at the beginning of this podcast, it is God's will for your life that you have friends. It is his will for your life that you have friends, fellowship, Christian community. That is part of his plan. So with that said, Jesus modeled for us having three close friends. And then after that, having nine who filled out that circle of 12. And if you are in one of those places where you're overwhelmed about maybe having a lot of people that you're trying to connect to, and you just feel overwhelmed. And that can be a genuine problem for, I'll say for me, and I'm sure for others, if you relate, please raise your hand. Oh, wait, I can't see you because this is a podcast. Never mind. <laughs> um, but that's been a genuine problem for me. And it's also been a challenge during life transitions. Um, like, okay, who am I going to maintain a long-distance relationship with? Which I want to talk about more. And or who is more of a in-person person. Um, so having that framework of who's my top three, who's the nine that fill out the 12, and then, you know, at max kind of like 50 people that really rounded out after that. And what's interesting is throughout my life, God has done things where he's brought people into that circle of that inner circle of three, and then he's moved them out to the circle of 50 and brought other people into the circle of three. It's just, it's very interesting to see how God has moved people in and out of that close friend placement throughout my adult life. And um, for context, I really didn't have, I had one best friend growing up. And when I hit my 20s, that was really when I started to find friends and community and um south florida was a huge gift to me and i started to make progress on it in pennsylvania um but south florida was really where i i found my stride and finding friendships and 
also some breakups that we'll talk about down the road. Oh my goodness. Um, but I'm trying to keep this at bite-sized chunks. So in the interest of bite-sized chunks, um, having three close friends and nine inner circle friends and then having layers of closeness and acquaintanceship outside of that, you know, friendliness layers, but not intimate, like, these are my deep, dark secrets, and this is what I'm struggling with this week today, that sort of thing. Um, Ladies, these are the people that you sync up with. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of the inventory part, and I would encourage you just to get out a blank piece of paper if you need to work through, okay, who are these people in my life? And just start writing down the names that come to you first. And if a name comes to you and you immediately feel a guilty feeling about this person and that, oh, I should connect to this person more. And now, don't get me wrong, there are, it it is important to put family birthdays in a calendar and honor your parents and honor your grandparents and send cards especially when interacting with the boomer generation and honestly like let's be real i i don't know anybody who doesn't like a real life physical card that says i care about you and i'm glad you exist keep on doing that thing <laughs> so um so honoring your family and certain commitments that you have. That's one thing. I'm talking about friends where you feel guilty for not having the emotional energy to connect to them. I'm going to say that again. I'm talking about friends that you feel guilty for not having the emotional energy to connect to them. So number one, what you're going to do is you're not going to put them down on your top 12 list. You're going to write them on a different piece of paper. And you're going to pray about them and you're you're going to ask God to show you what your commitment to them looks like and what your relationship with them going forward looks like. Maybe there's something that's concerning you that you haven't found words for yet. Maybe you're in a life transition and they don't fit with that life transition for whatever reason. Maybe there's a value conflict that's unspoken, that's underneath the surface. Maybe, maybe, and this is just a hypothetical, maybe there's hidden sin in their life and God is distancing you from them to protect you from whatever is going on that you may or may not know about that you may or may not be able to help them with. So lots of things there. And I want to say this, one of the very worst breakups I ever had, one of the ones that I personally regret the most was the one where I allowed myself to be motivated to include that person in my inner circle because of guilt. And I'd been through a life transition and I knew, and and I should have just let it fade out. Maybe I've talked about this before, maybe I haven't, but being motivated by guilt, if I just let it fade out, It would have been so much more healthier and peaceful, but the way that I finally ended up rejecting that person and vomiting on them emotionally because I had all this resentment 
underneath because of the guilt that I had put on myself to, it was stupid. And I was not seeking the Lord about this, about them, this person, this relationship. God had to really have a hard talking with me. And it took two years for me to come back and apologize to this person. And, and I, one of the reasons I emphasize that time frame is that, you know, sometimes it's not too late to apologize. So I'm just going to put that out there. So being motivated by guilt is horrible. And please don't make yourself do that. Now, there's time to be responsible. But there's also a time to not do something that will only build up resentment in yourself. Let love be genuine. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Um, And giving emotional energy is, you know, not that it can't be a sacrifice at times, and, and it's a worthy and honorable sacrifice that pleases the Lord, but ask him for wisdom and that's that's what I'm going to say about that. So, which is the perfect segue into budgeting. As I was saying, I do not have unlimited emotional energy. No one does. And I am I am particularly acutely aware of this. And I think on one hand, I have a lot of emotional energy to give and I'm very emotional, in case you haven't noticed. On the other hand, I, (laughs) when I go to emotionally write checks to give to other people from my bank account, I kind of have a, a minimum that's very, very high compared to other people. So let's say that emotionally other people are writing a $50 check and giving that into the relationship. I feel like it takes me a lot of mental thought to write anything less than a $500 check emotionally. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to make an analogy here and I hope it's communicating. Um, but I just, I give very intensely. And so if someone has, if someone is, is part of the current real estate in my brain, I think about them. I pray about them. I, I think about them in the shower. I, th- wa- I wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I start praying about them. And this is part of the reason why social media is especially draining to me. It's because I genuinely care about all the people I'm opening myself up to. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you may know I have a highlight dedicated to my direct message policy and why I do not open up new conversations. It's because I care about people so deeply and intensely that I just can't. I mean, I remember people who unfollowed me for, and I remember what slide I posted. I remember two people, Matt and another girl who had a pine tree in her name. They unfollowed me like a year and a half ago, and I still think about them. I remember Twitter friends that I broke up with in 2018. Um, So when I am in relationship with someone, I am renting out a piece of my heart to them, a piece of my brain and my mental energy. So my emotions, my mind, I am very intense. I like to joke that the only thing I do halfway is eat raw cookie dough. Um, 
it's halfway because you don't bake it. So anyways, budgeting, learning to budget my emotional energy has been very important. And so recognizing that I need to, well, for one, I schedule my phone conversations um, and that's very helpful. I mean, not all the time. Sometimes I'll be spontaneous, but for the most part, it really helps me to know, okay, I'm talking to Nicole on Thursday. I'm talking to my dad on Wednesday. That means I have got room to talk to Annalise on Monday or whatever it is. And that allows those conversations to go deep and intense and full and really be the the satisfying fellowship that I'm hoping for that, you know, the, the, oh gosh, that pinnacle of friendship where you're just, you're up to date on each other's life and you're vulnerable and you have that history where you can say, you know that thing I told you three months ago that my conscience felt clear about? Well, actually, I was just rationalizing to myself. And let me tell you how the Lord spanked me today. And I need to repent with some sackcloth and ashes. And you can, you're not starting from square one with those people because you are all in depth and on the same page. And so budgeting my emotional energy by being very particular about my schedule has been really helpful and recognizing that I have limitations has been absolutely necessary Um, otherwise I get emotionally overwhelmed I start to shut down I start to not want to connect with anyone I just need to have a little relational upchuck mentally in my own process of things like nope I'm I'm done I am not open for business because I have to sort out and all the different things of all the different people that I care about and I have to lift that up to the Lord I have to make peace with it um you know make peace with God and what I know of his character and make peace of whatever life circumstance they're going through that is hard um And uh, I need to talk about another one for the episode list is talking about helping friends through hard times, helping friends through mental health. Let me touch on mental health for a second. Um, I have recognized that when my mental health is in the trash, I have very limited emotional energy. And energy, either emotional or physical, scientifically, it's actually kind of the same thing. I don't have the data on that. I'm sorry. My mom is the smart one scientifically but emotional energy has very real physical origins and so if your physical health is not good your emotions will not be balanced they will they there will not be enough of them to be a a good friend and that is hard that is so hard and there have been There have definitely been seasons where I've had to cut back who I invested in because I was just trying to put one foot in front of the other, get to work, get home, and feed myself, and and clothe myself, and get to church. And I do not miss those times, and thankfully I'm in a, a season of safety and health and contentment to where I don't even think about those times. God has been very good to me to give me very practical physical solutions to my mental health problems that related to my emotional energy. So, 
to sum up this podcast, you have limitations. You can only have so many close friends. Be intentional about who you put in those positions and be mindful of the limitations of your emotional energy and how many people you can connect with, how frequently. And it's also very helpful to communicate, clarify other people's expectations and just say, listen, I'm in a really hard season right now and I'm just tired a lot and I wish I could hang out with you, connect with you more, but I just don't have the energy. And saying things like that really help to make it not personal. And that way they don't feel like you're stonewalling them or being emotionally unavailable, which you are being emotionally unavailable. And that's you putting up a healthy boundary that you should put up. But because you're explaining it, you know, you're, you're putting up, you're not putting up a wall, you're putting up a fence. And there's a gate. Right now the gate is closed, but maybe when you're feeling better... You can open the gate up and you can, you can go back and forth again. But right now, the gate is closed and you need to sit in your own yard and just sort things out or push through whatever it is that you're pushing through. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. If this podcast has given you something to think about, something you need to work through and process, I would encourage you to visit the link in the description, inversedream.com slash podcast slash friendship. There will be a web form there that will connect you with a digital mentor who wants to help and encourage you in your walk with Christ. This is not a professional counselor, simply a Christian who wants to encourage you. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus, and I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Go and live it.